You are listening to a message from First Assembly of God. We are a church on a mission to restore everyone, everywhere to a loving and holy God. If today's message inspires you in any way, would you consider sharing it with a friend? This is just one of the many ways that you can be a part of what God is doing here at First Assembly. Wow. I want to encourage you to be a part of the choir, and hopefully you won't cause feedback nearly as much as I do. How are you doing this morning? Let me encourage you to be hungry for God this week. Those who are hungry will eat, and those who aren't will miss it. So, Lord, I pray that you will stir a hunger in our heart for time with you. Let me just... God, I pray for your people here that you would meet them in powerful ways this week. God, I pray just on a normal day when they open this scripture... May it be like those two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Their eyes are opened as they commune with you, Jesus. God, I pray that you would heal the sick just on a day in prayer. God, I pray you'd baptize in the Spirit just in an evening of devotion before they fall asleep. God, I pray your miraculous work in our lives as we hunger and thirst for you in Christ's name. Amen. I'm going to do my best to uh, chop and do some live editing to keep us uh, on schedule this morning. Uh, we've, been rap- we've been talking about Hero Maker, and this is the fifth and final installment. We began uh, with the story of my, uh, my Greek friend, Roy. We call him Papa G. Everyone say good morning, Papa G. Call him G because of his last name's Graparis. He's quite gregarious. He's Greek. And uh, he loves the sport of, and we talked about this text message where he says, hey, I've hit five hole-in-ones, but the memory I have that's most long-lasting of all my years of golf is that summer with your two boys. That, of course, was the summer my family was going through a medical crisis and challenge, and he was a godsend to us. Isn't it interesting that five hole-in-ones, which are amazing, remarkable, Yet those pale in comparison to spending a summer investing in two kids. We've talked about Isaiah Thomas, you know, the bad boys of the Detroit Pistons in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. Isaiah Thomas famously said, the secret to championship basketball, the secret to basketball is that it's not about basketball. The secret to basketball is that it's not about basketball. It is, of course, about team. In fact, when a person learns to not strive to be the hero, suddenly the team can become a championship team. So we've just kind of posed this question, hero or hero maker, what if you, what if I, what if we were created to find our deepest sense of fulfillment and satisfaction, not craving the spotlight, not striving to be number one, but actually yielding that to become not the hero, but the hero maker, What if life's most satisfying moments are when we've invested in other people? So these five weeks, this is the fifth and final week, we've talked about multiplication thinking where Jesus had this 
picture from his father God of 36 communities or villages he needed to go visit. So he went from 12 disciples to 72. He multiplied the number of disciples because he had to send them in pairs to more towns. It would take too long. And so we talked about multiplication thinking. The harvest is great, so you pray that the laborers would multiply. We had a panel that discussed what does it look like for disciple making, to invest in other people, putting the kingdom of God into their life, permission giving, giving away authority, giving away success. We've talked to gift activating. Pastor Katie spoke last week. Didn't she do an awesome job? Let's give Pastor Katie a huge round of applause. Today, kingdom thinking. Now I need some help. I need, um, I've got two um, uh, kids' uh, prison yards, I mean play yards. Uh, it's all perspective. Actually, one of our worship team members called it the kid pig pen today. So um, is there, is there a, a parent of a toddler or some toddlers out there that knows how to build these? Is there, is there? Good. Thank you, Matt Weber. I know you're in the room. One of these is yours. I know I'm calling on you. Give it up for one of our deacons, Matt Weber. <clears throat> we're going to build, we're going to build these two play yards while I'm talking about them. And we can't, um, we can't make it huge. Okay. So let's keep a couple of the panels folded together. So it's kind of a, a smaller circle. Otherwise, I'll be preaching from the baptistry. So we're going to build these. How many have seen these before? Raise your hand. Right? These are either to keep your kids in or keep the dog out, maybe. But this is designed, right, to form like a protection, a, a safe place for your children to be. Boom. Yeah, you're taking too long. I'm the one with 20-year-olds in my family. Finally, Matt. Wow, you did pretty good. You beat me at everything. Matt, we go on our, we just had our deacon, our pastor deacon retreat, and, and Matt almost always beats me at ping pong, and the other times I almost win, and um, you'll get that eventually, because I've never, ever beaten you. One of these years, you're going to have to play left-handed or something. Right. So give it up for Matt. Good? Yeah, perfect. That's good. Today we're talking about kingdom thinking. Hero makers are constantly thinking about kingdom. Oh, this is going to be tight. Here we go. Kingdom thinking. Kingdom. Kingdom. Say it with me. Kingdom. Kingdom. I think it was last Sunday... We were, uh, I was back by the Kid Nation Junior check-in, and uh, Ty Carlton was there. Many of you know Ty and his wife, Wendy. Wendy is our Royal Family Kids Camp director. Um, Ty, a, a local Bloomington police officer. Many of you know uh, their young son, Ollie, Oliver. Some of you know Oliver's story uh, came into the Carlton family through, through, through the foster system and, and now adopted and probably a year and a half ago was the adoption party if I'm doing the math right in my head. So it was last Sunday right down the hallway by Kid Nation Junior check-in and here comes bright, cheery, verbal 
um, confident little Ollie coming right up to the check-in counter with his dad. And I get down on my knees so I could look him in the, in the eye. And that works until we have junior hires. Then they're looking at me in the eye. But bending down to uh, probably Oliver's maybe, I don't know, like three and a half, I'm guessing. I'm looking, how you doing, buddy? How, what's going on? And he's telling me about life. And he's got his, 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 his rock collection. Every good boy needs a rock collection at that age. I, had, I collected rocks. And then he started talking about finding shells in Florida where grandma and grandpa live. And they're getting ready to go to Florida in about a week or so. He's telling me all of this. And then he starts talking about this particular event that kids look forward to, I don't know, about the time of December 25th. Christmas is coming and I don't know how we got on the subject of Christmas, but it doesn't take a lot of effort to get a three or four year old to start talking about Christmas. And he's all excited. What do you want? I'm going to get for Christmas. He goes, I'm going to get tools. I'm going to get power tools for Christmas. And I said, awesome. I said, you're going to get like real tools you can work with dad. Oz goes, no, silly kid tools, not real tools. Brilliant. He was probably thinking tools like this. These are actually Gavin's, uh, Gavin Hackbarth, Pastor Kenny and Katie's son's tools. Hey, Pastor Kenny, got any cool kid tools around the house? I don't have any anymore. Um, but you recognize these? These would make great gifts for Oliver, right? You with me? Let's put these in this kingdom. But it would be quite a different story if Ty came and said, hey, son, Merry Christmas. Have fun, enjoy your Christmas present, and I hope you don't end up like Pastor Joel. I'm missing half a finger if you haven't noticed. What kind of parent would give their toddler, this. That's crazy. That's dangerous. That kills, that destroys, that maims, that injures. So let's put this in the other kingdom. There are two kingdoms. Kingdom one, kingdom two. And it's kind of a foolish demonstration, power tools, Versus toy tools. But the reality is, these two kingdoms function this way. One kingdom speaks joy and life and peace, nurture, where we identify with the character of God. Another kingdom is quite different, that is everything but. The presence of God. It is fear, it is pain, it's anxiety, it's hurt, tension, rage, death. A hero maker sees the world through the lens of the kingdom. A hero maker thinks kingdom all the time. In our world, there are lots of frameworks through which we see life, through which we see people. 
My wife worked for a brief time at Illinois Wesleyan. Just one summer, worked with uh, one of our church families, the Bonds. Terrence was, is now at Heartland College, worked at Wesleyan, hired my wife to help for the summer. My wife would come home and say, everybody asks me the same question. Where did you get your degree? On a college campus, the framework for everyone was, where did you earn your master's? Where did you get your PhD? And of course, Angela and I have an undergraduate program from a school in southern Missouri that is now closed. We have no clout at Illinois Wesleyan. But that's the framework through which everyone related to my wife, her education. You are probably the same. If you work at State Farm, you relate to each other by what buildings you work at, what groups you're a part of, what acronym describes you. If you're with three people, right, or two other people, it's you and two other people, and two of them know state farm language and you don't, you might as well just be listening to a foreign language, right? They're dropping all these acronyms and what teams are on, and you're like, you know, I'll catch you next week. Like, I am out of this conversation because I don't speak state farm. Maybe it's wealth, People who serve money view people through the lens of money. It can be race, right? People view, ooh, you don't belong here because of your skin color. Whatever is that idol, whatever is that thing that forms the framework is how you view people. Hero makers have this lens of the kingdom. They see everyone through a lens of the kingdoms. And there are two, and only two, a kingdom of God and what I'll just call the kingdom of the fallen, a fallen kingdom and the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? Here's how I would describe it. This is my definition. You can go, you'll get a thousand different definitions. Here's my simple one that I would just use. The kingdom of God is the realm It's the place. It's the environment. It's an ethos. It's that place, that culture, that realm in which God's presence, his power, and his purpose are ruling your life. You're in the kingdom of God. The presence of God is with me and in me. His purpose is being worked out in my life and his power is what is driving me driving my thoughts my words my emotions I'm in the kingdom and my life is safe and secure because of my king that's on the throne in my realm you got me kingdom of the fallen is the opposite this kingdom may have a whole lot more money than this kingdom but they have no peace. Jeffrey Epstein may have had a whole lot more money than your pastor, but I have the peace of God. This kingdom may have health. This kingdom may have cancer for a time, but this person battling cancer is at peace because all things are working together for my healing, no matter what. This kingdom, it doesn't matter if the doctors say you're fine or you're dying, you're not at peace. Two kingdoms. Hero makers always see through the lens of the kingdom of God. 
So we ask ourselves two real big questions. What kingdom are we in? And what kingdom are we building? Let's say those together. What kingdom? No, I don't have it on there, so you're just going to have to follow me. I'm making this up as I go to save time. What kingdom am I in? And what kingdom am I building? I think a good place to start. What kingdom are you in? What kingdom did you grow up in? Can we just start there? In your formative years, you lived in your home with some Home Depot toy tools handed to you or a power saw that could really maim you. The Bible says the character of God is like, come, let us reason together. Are your sins as red as scarlet? Let me make them white as snow. The kingdom of God is, hey son, hey daughter, that's unacceptable. We need to talk through what you did wrong and how we're going to live. Come, let us reason together. Let me discipline you and remove the stain of your sin. Some of us grew up in an environment that reflected the kingdom of God. Others, it's not like, come, let us reason together. Oops. It's, it's come, let, uh, there we go. Hey, son, what are you doing, you idiot? And your kingdom was not the kingdom of God. And you were berated and ridiculed. Skull and just, this is not Jesus-like. And that impacts you for the rest of your life. I remember in high school, one of my wrestling buddies loses match and watching his dad come roaring like a freight train out of the stands, grabbing his son, throwing him against the wall and just chewing him out in front of everybody. Kind of an unholy hush filled the gymnasium. This is back in the 80s when parents weren't arrested for doing such things. My mom, on the other hand, sat in the stands and spoke in tongues out loud during wrestling. I'm not sure which experience is more embarrassing. I love you, mom. Which kingdom did you grow up in? Because that matters. Listen to me, every one of you. You may have had some experiences in your young formative years where in your family you didn't learn how to have failure and sin and forgiveness and faithfulness and sticking together, where you learn to trust. Perhaps you're a child of anger and rage and unforgiveness and divorce and a splintered family, that impacts you. You were not created to live in this kingdom. Hear me. You were created, your creator, your maker, the designer of everything, who knit you together, made you to function beautifully here. Not here. When we function, when we live and experience this trauma and chaos and pain, it changes us. Have you ever met someone whose life is in rage? You've got to unpack the story and you're going to find a lot of stuff here, won't you? Come on, work with me, won't you? 
hurt people hurt people. Why? Because we weren't designed to live here. You were created to live in this kingdom. You don't function very well here. This kills you. No one, maybe this is just for you today. God did not put you on this earth to experience this. And if this is what you have known through most of your life, you are a perfect candidate for God to move you to a new kingdom and begin experiencing new life, trust. CR calls it a forever family. There's lots of definite thoughts and ways to describe it. A new way of thinking and living in this kingdom. This kingdom breaks us. It changes our biochemistry. It forms the way our brains work. It, can, it, it affects how we uh, have relationships with people, what we think of everything. And that's the story. The hero maker sees everything with kingdom, eye, kingdom eyes, kingdom mindset. What kingdom am I in? And is God using me to build his? It's the one story that matters. It is the only story. It is the story. In the beginning, God created. I think it's the next slide. Boom, there we go. God created humans, people, to live with him in his presence, in his kingdom. And it was good, and it was beautiful, and it was lovely, and it was healthy. People commune with one another. People commune with God. And then we sinned. We chose our own knowledge of good and evil. It's not so much about the forbidden fruit as it is the forbidden tree that birthed the fruit or grew the fruit. I want my own knowledge of good and evil. I will decide right from wrong. And from that moment on, we did choose our own path. We, cho we chose to define right from wrong ourselves and we experienced exile and a second kingdom existed. This is the story we were created for here. We ended up in exile in the fallen kingdom. And from that point on, God's established ways to experience his presence. He gave us altars of sacrifice beginning the beginning of Genesis. You're exiled, but Abel offered a good sacrifice and communed with God. Experiencing the presence of God, even while stuck over here, a taste of this. And that continued until God spoke to a man named Abraham. said, I'm going to form out of you a whole nation. Not just a man and a woman and a person at an altar. I'm going to have a nation. And I'm going to choose the perfect person to lead a nation. Someone too old to have babies. Who's married to a lady. Too old to have babies. God always chooses the impossible. If you're here today and you've got a burden to do something for God and you think it's impossible, it's probably God. So God says, you, you're too old. I want to use you. I'm take this couple and a nation comes out of them and they go from a tabernacle to a whole nation worshiping, experiencing a taste of Eden even while in exile and then Jesus comes. This kingdom invades this kingdom and rescues us. 
And he says, not only am I going to come and die so you can experience the kingdom, I'm going to put the kingdom of God in you. You choose to follow me, the spirit dwells in us, and as history moves forward, the one story moves forward, those who have the kingdom of God in them are in a new heaven and a new earth. If you're on a one-year Bible plan, you're almost there. Because this is how the great story ends. From Eden to exile to a new heaven and new earth. And those that are stuck in bondage, in exile, are exiled to hell. The one story that matters is this one. A hero maker understands this framework that every day, every hour, every person It's always and only kingdom. Not red state, blue state. Not rich, poor. Not black, white. Not English, Spanish. Kingdom of the fallen life. Kingdom of God. And I sell everything out to be here and to build those that are here. To hear. Are you tracking with me? It's the one story that matters. Wow. So much for shortening my sermon. Austin, we're going to cut everything from Colossians and we're just going to stick with Matthew and then we're going to end. I'm reading in my devotions the book of Matthew. Jesus began to preach, Matthew chapter 4. Repent of your sins and turn to God. For the kingdom of heaven is, say it. If you're here today and you're in this kingdom, Jesus is telling you the kingdom of heaven is right next door. It's close. It's like Harry Potter's, you know, ticket onto the train. The platform, nine and three quarters. It's right there in front of you. You just can't see it. It's right there. It's near. So you repent. You turn from your sins. Turn from your sins. For the kingdom of God is near. Matthew chapter 5, Jesus warns us, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law, you can never be here. Jesus warns us, you can't get here easily. You can't waltz your way in. He says, what sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law, you Pharisees, those of us who think we know it all, those of us who think we're inside and we're the gatekeepers that can decide who's in and who's out. Woe to you, for you shut the door of the kingdom of God in people's faces. You're not good enough to come in. Well, not only will you not get in yourselves, but you're refusing to let others in as well. So who gets in? Matthew 18. Listen, I tell you the truth. Unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you'll never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child, if you find yourself in this kingdom today, I want you here. Jesus wants you here. You turn from your sin. In other words, everything 
Maybe it's sins you've done. You've missed the mark. You've failed. Maybe it's sins done against you. Someone else failed. Someone else missed the mark. And now you're the wounded. That sin of pain, of victimization, or the sin of aggression, either one, impact us. We repent of that. God, change that part of me. And you humble yourself. And like a child, you say, I need to know the way. Take me by the hand, God. And he leads us into the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. Chapter 13. It's like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. And in his excitement, he hid that treasure again. Back in that kingdom, sold everything he owned. Everything that he thought was valuable in this kingdom, got rid of it all. Why? So he could live here. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered the pearl of great value, he sold everything in the old life so he could live in this one. The kingdom of heaven at the end of chapter 13, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It's the smallest of seeds, but it becomes a great garden in you. Do you need to move kingdoms? So i got two big points, so stick with me. Number one, are you in this kingdom? You need to be over here. And we're going to ask God to help us turn and to heal from our sin and like a little child walk into this kingdom. Before we ask question number two, question number one, are you in the kingdom of God? Yes or no? Does God need to heal you of stuff on this side that's been destructive, painful, ugly, and dark and bring you here? Do you need to pray that? We're going to pray together as a whole church, but for some of you, this will be significant. This will be a transition of citizenship. This will be a transition from this kingdom to this kingdom. Do you need that today? Just raise a hand. Say, you know what? I've got a lot of stuff holding me back in this kingdom, and I need to go over here. Just raise a hand. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Man, a lot of us. Maybe it's stuff from 20 years ago that's still impacting you. You need this kingdom. Let's pray. Dear God, you sent Jesus to open the gate to the new kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. I turn from all the stuff of the fallen world, stuff that I've done, stuff that others have done, just the ugliness of the world. Forgive it all. Heal it all. And I humbly come like a child into the kingdom of God. Teach me to follow you, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to meet us at Connecting Point right after service just to walk through the discipleship path from Connecting Point to growth track to jumping into a life group. It begins back there at Connecting Point. Go there, meet with some great people. Maybe you want to come forward and pray at the end of service and then get into growth tracking group. Second question, and I know I've got to hurry. It's not just are you living in the kingdom of God, but are you building the kingdom of God? So let me just wrap it up. At home, at work, in our God mission, we build the kingdom of God, and we do it by praying, giving, and doing our God mission. So let me just talk about each of those. Next slide, jump down, next one. Pray, give, make disciples. Here's what Jesus said. On a certain 
Once Jesus was in a certain place praying. As he finished praying, how many disciples came and asked him? How many did he have? One came. Because most of the time we're not that interested in learning to pray. But one came and said, I want to pray. I want to pray like you. So Jesus said this, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Parents, be a kingdom builder in your home. Pray for your kids that the kingdom of God would come to them. Jesus said, may your kingdom come. Parents, that's how we pray. Sometimes we struggle. I don't know how to pray the will of God for my family. Pray that God's kingdom would come to your family. Pray for God's kingdom to invade their life. Pray for God's kingdom to be fulfilled in them. We pray. We pray that at work, who in your workplace is being ravaged by the fallen kingdom? Who is held prisoner? Who is blind to it? Who is a sheep without a shepherd? Who is trapped in this kingdom? You pray for them. God, may your kingdom come. A hero maker is seeing his work environment, her work environment through the lens of the kingdom. May your kingdom come. Pray that for the God mission that we're sent on. Next, we give. Pastor Kenny talked about this so well in our offering time. I'm going to move quickly. Jesus said this, you cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. So you seek the kingdom of God. You seek the kingdom of God above everything else. And you live righteously and God will take care of all your financial stuff. Why do we give so the kingdom of God can be built? Got a great email about what's happening in the Pontiac prison because of our CR inside. Incredible, 30 to 40 guys praying for revival and the kingdom of God to come to Pontiac Prison. We just sent 51 of our students to Momentum. Twice a month, we're feeding the homeless at the Safe Harbor team. We're buying groceries. Our people are preparing the food, feeding people. This week, we have Spanish, French, Nigerian, Tamil, and English prayer groups coming together to pray for God to move in our city, all different nations and language groups. It's cool what God is doing, and he does it because we yield to God together to do something great in his kingdom. We make disciples, we pray, we give, we make disciples at home and at work and in our God mission. Parents, if you're an elementary student down with Pastor Ryan at Kid Nation, take your parent sheet home. Talk to your kids about what they're learning about the kingdom of God. Do an activity that's here. Review the verses that are here. Powerful tool to be a kingdom builder in your own home and to make disciples in your home. At work, you can build God's kingdom right there in the middle of the fallen world. On your teams, in your work groups, even in the parking lot, you can speak and talk about the goodness of God. And in our God mission, God wants to build a kingdom through us. Let's stand together. We're going to prepare to go, but I want to pray for you and have a moment of sending people out. Will you devote yourself to being a kingdom-minded hero in this world? Let's pretend that's not rhetorical. Will you, and let's respond, yes. Will you devote yourself to being a kingdom-minded hero maker in this world? 
I want to send you out today as hero makers. Luke 10, this is where we began. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So we pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest, asking him to send workers into the harvest field. Our band's going to play this song. And if you want to take 15, 30 seconds to come forward and say, God, send me into your harvest field to see this world through the lens of kingdom. And I will be your hero maker, speaking the kingdom of God, praying the kingdom of God, living the kingdom of God at home and at work and on my God mission. I want you to come forward just for a few moments. And I want to touch every person. Just pray that God can send you out. So come. I know we're late, but quickly, let's come. God, we want to live as a hero maker in this world. Come quickly. Come quickly. Come on, let's crank up the music. We're going to take our last three minutes. Just ask God to send us out into this world, to see the world and our friends through the eyes of kingdom, to pray that God's kingdom would come, to give that God's kingdom would be built, and to live God's kingdom on the mission he has called us to. May we fulfill his work in this world. The harvest is so huge. The need is so great. He doesn't need one pastor. He doesn't need a pastoral staff. He doesn't need one church. He needs an army of kingdom building, hero makers in this world. They'll say, God, I want to live on mission every day, Monday through Friday, using me, God, to see your kingdom built in this world. Let's lift our hands and say, God, here am I. You can send me. You can take me where you want me to go. You can call me to do the impossible. You can ask me to speak your words and I'll say yes. You can ask me to give and I'll give a miraculous gift. You can ask me to do anywhere, to go anywhere, to say anything. And I'll say, yes, Lord, send me as a hero maker into this community, into my jobs, into our homes. God, we pray for every person. Pastor Kenny, go ahead. Lead us in this song and we'll dismiss in a moment. We hope that you got a lot out of today's message and that you'll share it with a friend. To stay connected with what's happening here at First Assembly, be sure to go to the App Store and type in 1-A-G-B-N to download the app. Remember, God's created you for a great purpose. Now go and live it out today.